If you're one of my students or clients, you know that I am a huge Ashlyn Carter fangirl. It's probably not cool to admit things like that out loud, but I don't even care. I am an Ashlyn Carter fangirl. She's smart, kind, and classy, and learning from her has been pivotal in my business. And today I am over the moon excited to share her with you. That's right, Ashlyn joined me to talk about how a search for control led to a struggle with an eating disorder, depression, generalized anxiety, and then a partial hospitalization for her and what she learned from it. We chat about how we can run a business we love and love working while also finding our way to a healthy balance of loving it and not overworking. She shares her take on boundaries and workflows and how her boundaries have changed from pre-motherhood to motherhood. And if you've been living under a rock and don't know who Ashlyn is, she's a conversion copywriter and marketing specialist specializing in wedding and creative industries. She traded Fortune 500 clients in corporate marketing to bring in more than seven figures in her business writing for creatives. Now helping women write words that sell so that they can work from a place of rest, not hustle. This might be my favorite interview of all time, and I am so glad that you're here for it. You're listening to episode 35 of Chasing Simple, and you're about to hear some serious truth. Let's dive in. How do I run a successful business from my home? How can I possibly wear all of the hats? Am I the only one that struggles with staying organized? What am I supposed to do about work-life balance? How can I create a solid schedule and routine? How do I even stay productive? And the biggest question of all, how do I manage it all? And can I really create a business that I love without being chained to my laptop? Welcome to the Chasing Simple Podcast, where hard conversations and actionable education meet simplicity. I'm your host, Amanda Warfield, time management coach, online educator, and crazy cat mama. My mission is to help overwhelmed biz owners get more done in less time so that they have more time and energy for what matters most. If you feel overwhelmed or occasionally lost in the roller coaster that is entrepreneurship, I want you to know that you aren't alone. Those things you're feeling, you aren't the first or the last to feel that way. The hard things you're going through, someone else has already been there too. Each week, I'll bring you transparent conversations, actionable steps, and a judgment-free community to encourage and equip you. So grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever your drink of choice is and meet me here each week for love, support, practical tips, and advice on simplifying your biz. Let's do this entrepreneurship thing together, shall we? Hey friends, so before we dive into this episode, I just want to take a moment to make sure that you're aware of this resource that I've created for you. So content creation, it's a lot of work, right? First, you've got to decide what to post about, then you've got to outline it. Next comes your rough draft, then your edits, and a second edit, and then more edits, and then you finally got your final draft. But then you still have to format it, create and choose the graphics and images you're going to use, and then finally you can schedule it. But that doesn't even include any of the work you have to do once it's out there for the world. It's exhausting, right? Now, you already know that I am all about using batching to speed this process up. But I kept hearing from y'all that the actual creation process also just takes a really long time for you. So I created a free audio training for you. Eight tips for faster content creation. This training is all about the actual writing process and how you can speed that along. And as always, it's really quick to listen to, learn from, and implement. If you're ready to speed up your content creation process, head on over to amandawarfield.com forward slash resources. 
Again, that's amandawarfield.com forward slash resources to snag that free audio training. Hit pause, get your hands on it, and start simplifying the content creation process. And then, of course, you can jump right back into this amazing episode. Hi, Ashlyn. I I cannot tell you how excited I am to be interviewing you for this. Uh, this has been a dream for years of mine, so this is so cool. It but, is so mutual. I'm so excited to be here and to talk to you. I feel like I could talk to you so long, so... Here we go. Now it just gets to go public, right? I know. For everyone listening, we're actually just chatting away for like 30 minutes. And then I was like, oh, we should probably record this. Um, Let you in. But for anyone who, I don't know why they wouldn't know who you are, but for anyone who doesn't know who you are, please introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do. Absolutely. My name is Ashlyn Carter and I'm here in Atlanta, Georgia. And um, I have a business serving as a marketing copywriter for creative entrepreneurs. Um, There's an agency side of my business where we actually take the work off people's plates. And then there's a side where we hopefully equip with curriculum and tools and templates and resources, um, people to sell more with their words and come in and support them, however that may be. So that is what I do as a business. And then um, I am married to my college sweetheart. He's the best. And we have um, an almost two-year-old uh, little boy and uh, two dogs, and that's how we do life over here. I can't believe he's almost two. I feel I like no, right? I think oh. I must have started following you when you were pregnant, or like oh. right before you got pregnant, and that just seems like not that long ago. <laughs> no, it's just yeah, it's it's more fun than I dreamed. That that learning how to be a mom in a business that was because I, I built my business um, without a child. So I, I look at working mamas, and I just all the hats off, all the hats off. So, okay, let's dive in. I would love to hear, and I would love for you to, I've heard some of it, but I would love for you to share with everyone your story about overworking and burnout at the beginning of your business. Awesome. Yes. So I love work. I love God's heart for work, how he made it. I think it's such a good thing. I've always been wired like that. Um, I grew up, hence my accent, in Alabama, and I always wanted to go into the media world. Um, I, I had magazines under my bed, like Devil Wears Prada Like I just knew that that world, that fast-paced world, was where I wanted to be a part of. Um, I studied ballet as well all the way growing up. and um, So in college, I'm studying journalism. And uh, when you're in Alabama, Atlanta is the big city. So that's where I wanted to go and work. And um, I did. I moved over here right after college and um, had gotten some great internships done and started working in a corporate agency uh, here in Midtown Atlanta. And it was everything I dreamed, like J. Crew pencil skirts, clicking heels, like just billing time. Like it was just it was the dream. It was what I wanted. I felt like I worked at Disney World. I loved the agency I worked for. And um I ended up leaving that agency to go work for, to go in-house. So I worked on multiple clients there and then I I went in-house. And this, um, this was a pivotal switch because I think I went from being in a place where I could get away with being so obsessed with my job to a place where it was, it was pretty unhealthy. And, um, I, I mean, with respect to the people that were there, I, I did, for example, I had a boss that one time when I was trying to explain to her, like, can I please have Sundays off? Like, I just don't want to be on call on Sundays. Granted, this is a, a restaurant, so it's not like curing cancer or anything. Um, it's a, a restaurant group and it's organization. Um, she said, well, you, honey, you majored in the wrong thing. Um, if you want to take a day off, cause I was doing public relations and that's when I was like, okay, this is just like, this is just not how I can work well. Like I, I love work, but I've got to have some, I think my job's glamorous. I could do it all the time, but I need some breaks. So all this to say, 
my kind of side gig through all of this had been going home and doing calligraphy and filling orders for brides. It was uh, just a way to have an artistic release and do something a little bit different than type on a computer every day. So I was doing that. And then um, I was dating my husband and he proposed and it was kind of like that was one more thing on my plate that I had to try to figure out and juggle and manage. And so with all of this going on and with all the pressure, I tried to just control something. I was just thirsty for control. And so I reached out to something that was just um, fair and easy. And it was measuring the number of calories that went in my body. And then what I could get out through a spin class or an exercise class or whatever. It was easy math that I could hold in my hand. Um, I never started it with an idea of wanting to lose weight, but very quickly you can kind of see where it's going. Um, it turned into a full-blown eating disorder. This was the year that um, I was engaged in getting married. And um, by the time, I mean, by God's grace, I got through like my wedding day itself. It was my husband and I, we just passed our five-year anniversary and on our, um, I was like, five years ago, we would have been the rehearsal dinner. And he was like, and you were almost in the hospital, Ashlyn. And I was like, thanks, Wes. Uh, bring that back down to earth real fast. But it, he's right. I um, barely got through the wedding day. And then I went into partial hospitalization right after the wedding for generalized anxiety, depression, and anorexia nervosa. And so this girl who was so obsessed with her job and the glamour of it and just I put all my stock and my identity um, in this, like, persona that I have. Like I was a go-getter. I was, I was a, a girl you could count on at work and um, should get the job done kind of thing. And then I went to a place where I was like completely broken of that. I'd stripped of that title, stripped of everything and just had to refigure out um, who I was. And so after, after hospitalization, that was kind of the first time I realized just in these days where I was, you know, in therapy and um, there was a whole ecosystem of people that did their job that they loved and they worked from home and they made money. It was like, what? That's even out there that exists. And so little by little, um, you know, that is the magic moment when you first realize like, wait, what? This is a thing. And um, I, I, yeah, it wasn't long after that. Um, truly by God's grace, he redeems from the pit because I walked out in December. I was like, I'm done. I'm I'm done. The Lord, like that chapter is closed. And in February, I came home complaining one too many times about my job. And Wes was like, you're, you're going to do your own thing. You're going to go full time with this writing and calligraphy thing. And so that's how I started my business. That was February of 2016. And um, it is, my business has changed a lot. My business model changed. I did not like go into this exactly figuring out what I wanted to do. But um, to kind of sum up that long story, it was just a really messy entry. But I just, I talk about it now because I feel I felt so alone. Um, I had like a great upbringing. I had raised in a Christian household. I just always thought like girls like me don't have problems like that. You know, that's arrogant and wrong. And I, yeah. All of us can't relate obviously to an eating disorder, but we can all relate to being stuck doing something. Heck yeah. Out of a need for control. Heck for sure. Yeah. And that, I think, because I had always, I think a lot of the lie on me that was like, it's not, I'm not that sick. Like, I can get through this on my own. I kept telling myself that realizing that eating disorders were not a a vanity thing. Like, it wasn't, it never came from, it was a control. I just wanted to be able to manage something in my life because it was so crazy. And I think I learned the skills that have been helped me turn around and look at a year like 2020 and be like, all right, what's let's get into that. I'm like, I can, the Lord can sustain through anything. I'll be fine. But um, yeah, control, you nailed it. So many of us seek that in all the wrong places. 
Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I've been there. Kind of touched on this idea of you, your boss saying, well, you majored in the wrong thing and you have been able to take skills and gifts that you have and you've been given and you've been able to turn them into something you love, but it's not a job that consumes you any longer and it's not your identity any longer. So could you speak to that a little bit and just what you've done to make sure that it's not your identity and it's not something that consumes you. That was so articulate. And I don't think I've ever been asked that before, really. Um, Yeah, I think like when I looking back, when she said that, I think part of me was like, all right, game on. Like, here we go. Because I think, no, like I, I'm clearly, I think I've touched on, I'm a Christ follower. I'm a Christian and I, I am so passionate about the way that the Lord has redeemed work. Like work is a good thing. And so I knew like, no, he's like, I have these certain, there's a lot I'm not good at, but there's some weird niche things that I, I am passionate about and I want to do those. And I should be able to do those in the confines of good work. And so I think again, coming from like rock bottom and then trying to figure it out on my own and build up my own thing. I went into my business with an, not the knowledge that I had to Ashland proof it. I had to figure out how to make sure that um, I didn't go back. And I, I will, it was the first year was kind of messy. Like I did have to kind of learn a little bit of this is what it feels like to, you know, flow down that hill with no training wheels anymore and just start to put your own parameters and your own boundaries on different pieces of it, whether it's you know, hours, whether it's calls. And then when, when you break those rules, then, you know, cause then, then you have a kid and all of a sudden those boundaries that you set up, those rhythms that you tried to operate within, they kind of go out the window and it's okay. It's okay to sit there and work at 10 o'clock on a, you know, because you napped with the baby was napping it from, you know, two to four or whatever. So it's been a dance of trying to figure it out. But I will say like, um, being really two things there. I'm always walking into my own advice. So I think sometimes I do say things online that I I want people to realize, like I'm learning this too. I just am learning it out loud. But then I also think it adds a level of like accountability. And there's a part of me that knows that, you know, as I walk through life alongside my husband and he sees, you know, the message that my business puts out and he helped craft that in a lot of ways because he was there for it. And God bless him, faithful through it all. There's a part of me that's like, okay, that if that's who I am, like I need to have the integrity to be that person, even when there's nothing like no one's around, no one, no one can see me right now. Like, am I really who I say? Am I really who I say I am? Um, or would anybody be surprised? So yeah, I think that was like, I don't even know if I really answered your question, but well, I would say I walk into my own advice a lot and I'm constantly learning. Yeah. And I love, I love that you touched on boundaries and I think so important. Oh my gosh. What I love to teach my clients and you kind of touched on this is that the things you set in place, the schedules you set in place, the boundaries you set in place, they've got an expiration date because the next time a new season of life comes around, you're going to have to redo all of it. So I love that you touched on that, that transition from pre-motherhood to motherhood because I think that's so important and so often we try to cling to those boundaries for control because we think well I set this up and it used to work and even though it's not working anymore I've got to keep doing it and I think a lot of us this year especially although I pray that by the time this airs that COVID is gone but we'll see especially this year 
the old boundaries and the old rhythms, they don't work anymore, but we're trying to cling to them because we want normal back. Yes. Oh my gosh. I mean, I love the, yeah, the expiration date thing is so true. I think the coolest thing to the, one of the best parts, the biggest blessings of being an entrepreneur is the ability to like, I think a lot of the, like to get tactical workflows or routines or whatever I have, they're just templates. Like they're very broad. Like I talked about one in a YouTube recently and I just want to be like, this is a menu to choose from. Like I can't do this like a of all life's changing hey oh like there's that but then on the other side I I need a little bit like I need my chain a little bit loose like I or my leash or whatever like I need to be able to like shift on a fly or that's part of what I think makes a lot of us creative um and like to work like we do so I think trying to figure out then and that that's the beauty that entrepreneurship does afford you that I think a lot of times like maybe a more traditional work organization doesn't always recognize. And so, yeah, that's been a really good part of be, about being an entrepreneur. Yeah. And you keep mentioning this idea of it's kind of messy. And I think that, I think it's so important that we realize it's always going to be messy, but just because it's messy doesn't mean that it has to be all consuming. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Could you, getting really practical here, could you speak a little bit about exactly how your boundaries and the things that you did changed from pre-motherhood to motherhood? Yeah. I remember, I remember going from a place where, so before kid, before going from a place where I literally worked six days a week. So I got right back into my old grind and I was like, this is not working. So at the end of, it was either, I think it was the end of 2017. I think that was it. And I was like, this is, I'm done. I want to take two days off every week and not touch work. And so like the, I remember the first time that happened, um, as we were driving to church on that Sunday and I hadn't done any work that morning and I was crying and I was like, Wes, is this what Sabbath feels like for everybody else all the time? I was like, this is so great. And so I went like, I've, I experienced building a work system where I did have those, then you get pregnant. And I had no idea. I feel like everybody knows this. I didn't know you get super tired. Did you like, I did not know. I don't know how I missed that memo, but the first trimester, I could not make it through a day without being like, I would fall asleep on my desk. I remember asking friends that worked in corporate. I was like, how, how, and they would say like, I had to go to the car sometimes like, and shut my eyes for a minute. Like I felt the same way. And that was the first clue. Like, little nudge, nudge, Ashlyn, this is not going to be like your, your little, like my mom was joking. She was like, you don't like surprises. I was like, Haha, nope, I don't. Um, <laughs> my little, the way that I like to do things is just not going to, I can't just like be the queen of my castle right now. It's going to, I'm going to have to be able to get some and be flexible. And so that it was good that that happened so early on in pregnancy, because I think it helped shape and go ahead and set the tone that um, this is all going to be a big lesson in becoming less selfish as it is always my nature to be. Um, so I think that over time realizing like that I could break my own rules, that was probably the first practical thing. So whereas I did have these like really firm boundaries, like I start work at this time, I end work at this time. Um, that, that was the first thing to go out the window. And I think like, so that like speaking practically realizing that that was going to change was big. Um, and then also realizing that like I, I so firmly wanted to take three months paid maternity leave 
at a minimum. And I did. And it was good. Like I did not work during those weeks and it was beautiful and I loved it. But looking back, that meant I, there was like a give a little, right? So before that I worked like crazy. I mean, I remember it was even the Friday before Tal came early. It was the Friday before I was going on leave and I was sitting on the floor, like still so pregnant and just like writing out plans, trying to get everything ready. I worked my booty off that last month because I was like, I want to be off. So I, I would have, you know, that was traditionally a rule I, I broke by, I mean, I, I blog and I talk about my routines a lot. So if anybody knows this, like I, that was not working at 9 p.m. on a Friday night is not typically something that I would like advocate for, at least for me. But I learned that I had to do that to make way for um, what was going to happen in those early weeks. Then in becoming a mom itself, I would say that a little bit of that did linger and it's probably just now. And I, I would say too, because I, I talked to two other women, we all had babies within about a week of each other and we're all entrepreneurs. And we talk every single, almost every single day. Um, I think it took about a year for us to all get to a place where it's like, now I'm back on my kind of older teens. I can wake up at 5am again and not be exhausted. And um, yeah, does that, that, I think the biggest lesson for me was just learning I could break my own rules and routines. And like you said, they have an expiration date. You mentioned the maternity leave, which I think is pretty, I mean, it's pretty common for maternity leave to be a thing, whether you're in corporate or at least a lot of entrepreneurs would like to do it. But I know that you also do something that is, it's not controversial, but it's not the norm with your sabbatical that you take. Could yeah. you speak a little bit about that? I would. And I'm glad you asked because I feel we just took ours for this year. And I felt I haven't really talked about it online because part of me is like, I don't know. I feel weird saying that like in this year we took it. And granted, I I didn't take Wes took a full month. My husband, um, he arranges his work schedule so he can. I was too scared. Wes has, has said, you know, Ashley, if you give a little now, like what's it going to look like? Like this is one of those things you can't you can't sacrifice it because over time that might go to the wayside. And it's been such an important part. We we didn't start in sabbatical. So I'll back up and tell the story. When I was an agency, the all the senior levels after 10 years would get a month sabbatical that would be paid and they could go do whatever they want. I remember they would, you know, take the whole family out West and like go abroad. And they would just, it would be this time of creative rejuvenation and being together as a family. And that was something that was so attractive to me. And like I said, like I love work, but I really loved the idea of kind of just incubating for a little while getting off the grid. So the first year I started my business, I knew I wanted to figure out financially how to take a sabbatical. And we have not stopped ever since then. Like I said, it was more like a two and a half weeks this time instead of four weeks for me. But I will move mountains to figure out financially what our calendar needs to look like that year so I can take time off and not have to work. And that is, it is worth every bit. So back to like the rule breaking thing, it's worth every bit of the go a little hard in July, you know, in certain areas. And because I, I, even this year, just with everything that's gone on in the world, we finished a launch in May, the, the day we closed cart the day before the riots began and I needed to cope. I needed to like process in June. I basically didn't show up online in June. And then I look at, yeah. And I'm like, I pretty much haven't shown up the past few weeks either. Cause I've been on, and that is the kind of business that I want to set up. I cannot let social media dictate, especially now, like I cannot let it lord over my time. And it is so easy to do without even realizing, like it's so easy to spend a few minutes 
a few minutes, 30 minutes on these apps without even realizing or even just reading the news online or whatever. And I can't, I, that's not, it's like talk about Ashlyn proofing my business. That's not sustainable for me or my mental health. Um, so yeah, we're big sabbatical believers. Uh, it's also kind of the time every year I like, I do some projects around the house. I get our family albums in order. I uh, clean out some things. I donate some. It's like a second spring cleaning chance kind of before school and the holidays and everything ramps up. Um, I'm trying to think of some. I journal a lot during this. Like I, I even, I'm pretty sure somewhere I have a list of like all the questions, like either in a blog or a shop item. But I, um, I kind of do a lot of my big picture second time of the year. Like what am I building? Am I okay with this? Like what do I, what's my goal here? Because I think, Sometimes while you do that a lot of times in December and January, I think sometimes I get going on the year and I'm like, yeah, yeah, blocking and tackling. And I have to pause for a moment and actually I think like, this is the word of the year I set. This is the intention I set. This is what my financial goals are. Where are we on this? And so I am a big believer in sabbatical. I'm, I've never, I always say it, but like everything's, it's so sad. I remember even thinking this after maternity leave, nothing's changed. Every time I come back, I'm like, it's you think you're going to miss everything by taking a month off or taking those three months or whatever. And it just, it's still there. It's all still there. So it, I would highly recommend, and I, I'm an open book about resources, but Shannon, you've heard me. I know I mean to talk about Shana Skidmore's blueprint model was financial, like figuring out financially how to shift my client work around and my sales calendar and everything. So I could, had, like I could covet that month of August for our family to just turn inward and look at, you know, look at each other and kind of, it's been so sweet to have my husband off too when we've done this. So um, highly recommend a sabbatical. Love it. I, I think I actually must have started following you right around the time you took a sabbatical during your pregnancy. Did you take one during yeah, your pregnancy? Yes. Did, okay. We, we do like, typically we've done we take a, it's our anniversary month too. Like that's, sorry, explain like why August, it's our anniversary month. And so we've always wanted to take one big trip, just the two of us every year. And so we were like, well, why not? Let's just take the other three weeks off as well. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I think that was right around the time I started following you. And that was what drew me in so much because I had only ever heard of a sabbatical in the church, like the pastor takes one. right? And I was like, oh my gosh, this is such a great idea. I have to admit, I haven't done one mostly because my husband was in the Navy and there was yeah. no getting time off there. And it was like, well, if he's working, I might as well be. But that definitely, I think, set the tone for me to want to be really intentional with my time as a business mm-hmm. owner. I was like, mm-hmm. this is important, clearly. And if she can do it and she can, she's a successful entrepreneur. I can do it too. Amen. The I love hearing that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, I was about to say when you were talking to, there's a, one other thing. Oh, I was gonna, like make, making it what you want it to, you know, there's, cause I'm, you bring up the church. I'm pretty sure I've heard of like, you know, six months or, and then maybe it was, there's some bigger name who like every seven years takes like a year off or something, which like make it what you want it to be. But it's just for us, that's the month that's worked. That's it's, I don't know. It's usually here in the States, like quieter, you know, everybody's kind of getting ready for back to school, but it's the dog days of summer a little bit. It's worked really well, but creating it how you want to create it. I think too, like being now having a team, um, it's been so good to be able to give them some time off. Um, 
to have stipends for the, I, I invest heavily in like learning those months that is not business related. You know, like I remember last year, my team gifted me with a candle making class and like, how can I just engage my brain in other things besides just work? <laughs> I love that so much. And I, I think it's so important because we didn't create these businesses to be chained to our desks. Mm-mm. We love them and we're passionate about them and we're gifted and that's why we're here. But we're so much more than just an entrepreneur yeah. and so much more to us. So I think it's so important. And yeah, like I said, your whole idea of a sabbatical, I was like, this is, wow, this is something that people can do. <laughs> that's so good. Yeah. Like, I love how you said that. My first, my first job is to my husband and my son mm-hmm. and like that. I need the reset button hit on that daily. Yeah. Amen. Yep. Ashlyn, this has been amazing. And I feel like I could talk to you forever. Yep. But but if there was one action step that you could give everyone to take today to avoid the burnout and overworking, what would it be? Oh, that's good. Um, So I was just working on a piece of curriculum yesterday. And so this is top of mind, um, finding your hourly rate and what that means to your business. Because I think that whether, whether you charge clients based on some, a number that's similar to that or not, t- breaking down like what you need to make in a year versus how many hours you actually want to work, if you want to take that sabbatical or not, if you want two weeks vacation around the holidays, like baking that all in, then, you know, rumbling the numbers around and figuring out what your hourly rate means to your business is so important because I think that then makes me look at, okay, if if an hour is worth X amount, hundreds of, do- hundreds of dollars to my business, and when I'm sitting in this chair right now, is it a good use of my time to, you know, do whatever? Or what, should I just like, fo- like figuring out how to focus as an entrepreneur is everything. Like that is the gasoline that runs everything. And so if I can just put that hour to work and then the rest, like, I can be off the, like, I want to, I want to be as off the clock. I want to rest as hard as I work. And, um, that, that's something that I'm constantly learning, but I, I think like practically figuring out the number and I've got mine on a sticky right here. You do that everybody? It's on a sticky and it sits on my desk because I need to constantly remind myself that that's how much my time spent on my business is worth. I think that's so important. And we can't do everything and we shouldn't be trying to do everything that all the gurus tell us. We need no. to just figure out what our business is and what it needs from us. Yeah. It'll, like I said, it'll be there when you get back. Like if you need to take some time to figure it out, it'll be there. Okay. So I love to end every episode with a book recommendation. So what is one book and it can be, in, it, it doesn't have to be business related, fiction, whatever. What is one book you'd recommend to everyone? Okay. That's really good. So I, sabbatical, I read, I think five books on our vacation. We went to um, Mexico and I just sat and I read. And it, so like also the um, cause of quarantine times, right. It's filled to 30% capacity. Like there's no one there. Literally all you could do is just like sit and read. So it's pretty great. Um, and I read Allie Beth Stuckey's book, you're not enough and that's okay. And it is so good. Have you heard of that? No, but I like the way that sounds. <laughs> I know it was so great. It just, um, she, she's a Christian. It's very, uh, it's very against the self-love movement though, that a lot of us, I think here, like and I think it's rampant in the entrepreneurial world too. Like I don't care if you're, you know, quote unquote religious or not. I think we're all told in the entrepreneurial world, like follow your passions, like everything will come out okay. And that's not true. Like, no, the market has some bearing on that. And you can't just 
you can't just follow your passions and everything's going to turn out like that's that's way too much pressure to put on yourself you were never intended for that and um it's a it's just a great book it's full she has a podcast too and it's very similar to this so it's great that would be my recommendation awesome now i'll have all of your links in the show notes but where should everyone go to find you what would be like the number one place I think right now I'm loving YouTube. So um, at, you can go to youtube.com slash Ashlyn Wright. And I'm pretty consistent there and just enjoy chatting in the comments back and forth with people. I've watched certainly not all of them because there are so many. There's a great backlog, but I've watched so many of Ashlyn's YouTube videos and they're so helpful as well as all of her courses. I am in two of them and they are both two of the best courses I've ever taken. You are, I'm so grateful for you're just always encouraging and such a cheerleader and I'm grateful for you. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining me here today, friend. If you loved this episode, it would mean the world to me if you'd leave a rating and review. This is a great way to help spread the word about this podcast and help other wonderful women like yourself find it. You can find this episode show notes as well as tons of other great resources over at amandawarfield.com. And if you aren't following me on Instagram yet, I'd love to connect with you over there. I'm at Mrs. Amanda Warfield. Shoot me a DM and tell me what you love most about this episode. Thanks for being here, friend. I'll see you next time.